Welcome back in. It is the Bill Michael Show. Bill is off for the rest of the show. I'm Ben Kenny sitting in for Bill. Across from me is Zach Heilprin. Zach, it is a pleasure to talk to you at this hour. It is yeah. not common, but it's a pleasure. This is fantastic. Love it. Uh, so we're leading you up to the end of the show at 2 o'clock. 877-867-1670 is always how you get a hold of the program. We can take your thoughts on what Bill has talked about for much of today the state of the Wisconsin football program, whether there is a content attitude towards where they stand and not say competing and going and winning national titles. We'll take your thoughts on that. 877-867-1670. But there also is a story that has been swirling around the Wisconsin football program. And before I, I get into it, honestly, I talking about this now, it I, I do love, I, I think college football is the most interesting sport on an off season uh, that we have. And that's just myself. That's I, I love the cultural battles between the, you know, the North and the South, the South says they're the best of football. Then Ohio state comes, they win. There's that battle. There are recruiting battles. The pettiness of college football fans is unrivaled. And then we obviously saw the Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher debacle. I, I guess you could call it uh, playing out in public. I think it's the most interesting, but it's often and not around, say, in Alabama. If you're in Tuscaloosa, they'll talk about that all the time. But here in Wisconsin, we have the Packers and we have all the other teams. They are finding a lot of success during other times of year. So we don't touch on college football here. But I like that it's kind of surfacing in May because usually we don't have these conversations. I am always captivated by them, but I feel like they just fly under the radar of a great Brewers team that can't hit. <laughs> yeah, I mean the NFL offseason is is king, right? Like that's just here everywhere it is. But college football, the top 3 stories on a certain major website yesterday, uh that I won't name here, the top 3 stories were college football stories because of what happened with Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. And was What were the other two? No, no, they were it was like all, all related, related. Yeah. to those to those stories. Oh no, no, one of the other stories was Jordan Addison uh, surprisingly out of nowhere no one saw this coming uh transferring to usc after a uh very difficult decision for him to make after uh, these last few weeks going and going to these different places texas and maybe going back to Pitt. but somehow i ended up at usc which nobody saw coming almost as good a news dump as the bill sheridan resigning i i, I understand like the friday news dump like i, I get that idea of it it's or, smart or, or not even just like a news it, it is but like in this day and age the, the news cycle never ends ever Right, like a, a Friday news dump in 1970 or 1980 or 1990, even the early 2000s, is nothing. Like, you drop it on a Friday, we're still going to be talking about it on Saturday and Sunday. Social media has changed everything. Like, doing it on a Friday really isn't going to throw people off anymore. The only difference is I feel like you don't get first take or insert large-scale stupid sports talk show here. Like, sure. Social media, level. social media still exists. Social media and local media will, but you don't like if you drop something on a Friday, it's more likely the first take. And that's just an example, but they'll be talking about the scores sure. of Sunday. So I get it, but you're right. Uh, things have changed a lot. I obviously ha- wasn't around for when the no. Friday news dump was a thing and you just wouldn't hear the story. So I, this is the only world I know because like you could only get news from certain places at certain times. Like if you put it out a Friday and a Friday night, like who's going to get that? Who's going to who's going to pay attention to that? Yeah, they're not because you're going out. You don't have your phone. You don't have like information hitting you 24 seven. So it's a little bit different. Yeah, the, that is not the world I grew up in. 
No, you're young, Ben. We get it. Writing deadlines. Everyone gets it. All right. So I, I mentioned the Bill Sheridan situation and uh, Zach and I host a show Thursday nights. We talked about it a lot last night. Bill Sheridan is the inside or was the inside linebackers coach at Wisconsin. He resigned last Friday, a week ago today. Uh, he was under investigation for recruiting violations while at his previous stop at Air Force. And they were over impermissible benefits and for allegedly hosting high school recruits during the 2020 recruiting dead period. Now, it was also reported that he was fired, uh, which we had not previously known. Wisconsin hires him February, and then he then resigns. And there's been a lot of talk around it. And we mentioned last night, and I want to move off from this part of it, but there are two situations that could be at play. Either Wisconsin knew everything, decided to hire him anyway, or they knew nothing and hired him and then were faced with it. And putting aside which of those situations is worse, because I think they are both hard to hard to understand how either of those could happen in a a very important hiring process. I want to ask if this is a big deal because after our conversation and throughout, honestly, the last week, I've seen some mention it and some talk about it, but a lot are either poo-pooing the whole situation saying, who cares? It's an inside linebackers coach. Some are saying, who cares? The violations aren't severe. I, I, I'm fine if they can uh, host a recruit or if they can take a leg up in recruiting. I, I ask you, do you think him stepping or resigning on Friday and this whole situation around the program, is it a big deal going into this year? Is it a, oh, for the team this year? For the team this year, no. for the program, is it something that we should, I guess, really be focusing on like we are? <laughs> uh well, if if I say no, are we all of a sudden going to transfer to and talk to some about something different? Probably not. Okay, all right. So, uh, do I think it's a huge deal, Bill Sheridan being uh, fired? Not fired, but uh, stepping down last week. No, I don't. I don't think it's a, it's that big of a deal. But when you dig into what it me uh, what it potentially says about the program and their hiring aspects of it i certainly think that that is worthwhile to note and worthwhile to at least think about when they're going through this process either way as you said it's it's not a good look and i know when you say it's not a good look who cares at, at some things but when a, you hire a guy the, the two potentials you hired a guy without knowing he had been fired or not knowing that he was under investigation that's that's the one and the other one is you hired him anyways even though you knew those things whether it's bill sheridan or somebody um or anybody else it's about the process, the process that you went through this. Is this how you handle every single uh, hiring process? Is this the way that you hired Bobby Ingram? Is this the way that you hired, um, you know, your various coaches through the time? That to me would be the bigger, bigger concern here. Um, well, it might I, be a little different because instead of Paul Chris just sending a, a little text to insert former assistant here and saying, hey, want to come back? And them saying, yes, this was a guy that was outside of his normal sphere and normal realm. Yes, this uh Bill Sheridan was not a guy he had worked with before. Bill Sheridan had worked with Bob Bostad, who's now the offensive line coach and the former inside linebackers coach, had worked with him in the NFL. That was his connection there. And he, I think he kind of trusted Bob Bostad. But again, this is that's the hiring process. Like, you can't just say, if this is what happened, I don't know what happened. Bob Bostad, I trust, I trust you, so I'm going to trust that this is a good hire and not really dig into what happened. Or he knew, and you're just saying, eh. It is what it is. And I, you know, it's not going to be that big of a deal because it's not the big of a deal. It's not that big of a violation. But if it was not as big of a violation when you hired him, when it comes out and you, and you already knew this. Why is he not the coach? Right. 
Why is he gone? Yeah, I completely agree. Did you turn agree. on him and say, and now, like, now that it's out, you just say, nope, this, uh, I'm, I'm, now it's not good. Like, what changed if you knew about it? Yeah, I could see that as reality. It's hard to unpack, and obviously, I feel like we will never know. It, it's th- these the are the question not- will be asked, though. I, yes. the, the question will be asked to Paul Chris, like what went into this process, and whether you get like a a full answer of everything. I don't know that, but right now, we don't have the answer. The one way, aside from what you were saying, that I think it is a big deal is it is May twentieth, and if you're going to be hiring coaches, the ideal time to do it is not when spring ball is over. Because when coaches find new stops, uh, for the most part, they do so before spring ball starts because that's when, say, the real offseason starts to get ready for the season. I don't see why a coach, unless they are from a much lower level and then would want to move up to a very distinguished role at Wisconsin, I don't see why a coach would leave where he's at. Even I'll throw an example like Virginia Tech, for instance. FBS D1 in the ACC, maybe not to the caliber of Wisconsin. I I would say Wisconsin is a better job, but I don't know why necessarily they would leave after going through spring ball and now already in the mix with their players. They're on the recruiting trail. They're getting set for the season. I think it is harder to find a new coach at this point. So you ask, is it worth the risk? Let's say they knew and they hired him anyway and said, if this came to the surface, then you will be gone. Is it worth the risk? I would say absolutely not. I would... I would rather get a guy that, that will definitely be here. I don't want to be faced with this situation going into the summer. I think Bill Sharon is going to be a good coach. I think he is a good coach. Right. I don't think he was worth it. Like if this is what I think he, he's a journeyman, like right. he has been how many different places over the last 20 years, right? This isn't like a, a slam dunk next defensive coordinator. This isn't like a hiring Jim Leonard as your uh, defensive backs coach, just to know that then he is going to end up being, your defense coordinator down the road. Cause that's kind of what everyone thought was going to happen. This is a guy who's, you know, an inside linebackers coach. He's not going to be anything more than that would have been a good hire, but it's also May 20th. As you said, what are they doing right now? Other than recruiting, which is important, obviously. What are the coaches doing? Yes. What uh, are the, play, the, pl- the players in town, what are they doing? Nothing. nothing. The guys that are going to be under the new inside linebackers coach aren't even campus right now. They're, they're at home. They're doing what they do. Uh, between the end of spring ball and the time that winter or you know uh, summer conditioning starts next month, so if it, there's going to be a time to try and go out and find a guy, this would be a time. I guess yes, it would be the time from a player's perspective. If you're talking about the development and the coaching of the players, I mean from a can you find a guy perspective. I don't think this is a good time at all to have to go out and do it unless you want to promote someone that you are already so close to. And I frankly don't know the names. Uh, you asked, I, I believe Sheridan has been 12 different places since 2000. So, I, I mean, been in the NFL, had success, good coach. Was it worth hiring him? Absolutely not, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. So there's that. Uh, 877-867-1670. We'll see where Wisconsin... If, if they knew. If they knew. Yeah, yeah, if they knew. Because there could be the situation. That's what I was talking about last night. There could be the situation that they didn't know, and that would raise a lot of red flags for me of why could you let this slip through the cracks and have it possibly negatively affect your program. So 877-867-1670, lot to come in the hour. Uh, We're talking about the public uh, perception of the Wisconsin football program because a lot is made about the playoff for good reason, but uh, should, I guess, Winning the Big Ten really be the expectation? Should it be winning a title? Should it be 
going to the college football playoff final and, and losing, where should we land in terms of what the expectation should be for this program? Jesse Temple in the athletic bill was talking about the article, but a really good piece surveying fans about what they think. And I, some of it is still favorable. A lot of the perception is positive, but what about the goal and the expectation of what the team and the program should do year in and year out? We're talking about that next. It is Ben Kenny and Zach Heilprin in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michaels show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin, taking you up until 2 o'clock. Bill, obviously, back on Monday. 877-867-1670. Talking a lot about uh, the realistic expectations surrounding this Wisconsin program. And I don't want to talk about this year specifically because, uh, Zach, I think we align a 9-3-ish and win the Big Ten West, go to the Big Ten title, see what happens, season would be considered a success. That's what's, cons- I mean, that's what's become the norm, right? Yeah. In, a, in my eyes, it, it's not a year where I say they have to go, this can't be the, we have to win the Big Ten this year. Year. No. I think this is a good building year, and, and it should be, and then we'll see. So I think maybe the next five-year window, maybe six-year window, is what better applies to this conversation because we know enough about this team to know that they are going to be heavy underdogs. They are currently at Ohio state 16 point underdogs on September 24th, I think. And then if that would then happen in Indy again, they would probably be 14, 13 point underdogs as things stand now. So not a team that I expect to go win the big 10, but in Jesse temple's piece uh, up on the athletic, really good worth the read. He asked which of the following most aligns with your realistic expectation for this program. Reach the college football playoff, 4.6% say that year in, year out. Uh, you should expect to go to that point. Win the Big Ten Championship every few seasons, 46.5%. Contend for the Big Ten West every year, 44.6%. And the last one I, I think is funny. Qualify for a bowl game every season, 4.2%. Uh, should we start with a 4.2%? And do you know how old those people are? They're like the people that watch football from like 19, the Badgers from like 1970 to 1980. That's, that's, that's their, when Nebraska was good. Yes. When Nebraska was good and when Wisconsin wasn't and getting to a bowl game was all that it was about. I mean, they, in 1993, going way back, they scheduled the game, the final game, uh, gave away a home game and put it in Tokyo. They played their final game of the season in Tokyo against Michigan State because they wanted the players to have at least a bowl feel so they could get like because a bowl game was where it was at. Right. Wow. So I didn't know that. So instead of playing Michigan State at home for to win the Big Ten, they played that game in Tokyo. Wow, I I did not know that. And they won that game and won out of the Rose Bowl. And, and where did uh, they play? Does, I, they played in a, a baseball stadium. In there. a baseball stadium, yeah, huh. a dome baseball stadium. Interesting. Uh, wow. So I what also I found interesting from this Jesse Temple piece when he asked the same question two years ago, Zach, sixty-two point nine percent of respondents voted that their realistic expectation was for Wisconsin to win the Big Ten title. So that has dropped now sixteen percent. 
uh, with only 20 say the, the two numbers have gone towards each other with contending for the West or winning the Big Ten title compared to in 2020 when they were on the opposite side of the spectrum. I myself am with the I think they should win the Big Ten title every few seasons. But I where where should we be realistic? Like what is realistic for this program in the next five years? What what at this point sitting here today should we expect? Well, you have them winning the Big Ten in the next five years. I think they will at yeah. least once in the next five years. Yeah, I don't. Um, and I think it becomes harder. Look, the Big Ten West isn't nearly as bad as everyone makes it out to be. It's not. Right? So, like, the record between the Big Ten East and the Big Ten West is not like this gulf. It's, it's, almost, it's almost even. It's 77 and 70 since they were created in 2014. But Ohio State's 18 and 2. Yes. So, it's, it's Ohio State and everybody else. That's what the Big Ten is. And so until you can beat Ohio State on a consistent basis, which Wisconsin has not done, they have not beaten Ohio State since 2010, it's going to be very difficult for me to sit here and say that they're going to win the Big Ten. Because if they, when it goes to, oh, it goes away from the divisions, which is going to very soon. Which is dumb. So, yes, we, <laughs> we know your feelings on that, Ben. Uh, the Big Ten West is, is great, needs to be preserved at all costs because Wisconsin and Northwestern need to play every year. I love Evanston. Whatever. Uh, but, no, when it goes away from the Big Ten West and the Big Ten East and it gets put back into everything, it's going to become very, very hard to get to that Big, 12, uh, Big Ten championship game on a regular basis. And so winning the Big Ten every few years becomes a whole lot more difficult. I'd, yeah. I'd be very surprised if they win the Big Ten in the next five years. Yeah, when those divisions are scrapped and the Pac-12 is going to do it, pretty much what that does, as I see it, is give USC a better shot at the playoff. When you have Oregon, USC, Utah as as the three best Pac-12 teams, you take away divisions, it's saying now we have a much better shot at getting our two best teams in the Pac-12 title, which means USC inherently is a better shot at going to the playoff, which means more money for the Pac-12. We get it. In the Big Ten, I have trouble because they're saying, okay, we want Ohio State and Michigan now to start playing in the Big Ten title. Ohio State, Penn State, no matter how the year falls, uh, it is going to absolutely screw the teams at the bottom. Who's the bottom teams? Northwestern, for instance. You mean the teams that few people care about? Yes, but I don't think Northwestern will be able to make any more Big Ten titles, which they have been able to do because they've been able to squeeze their way through the West. Tough scene for them. Which, no, I, that takes away the intrigue of college football, It Zach. does not. That's what I love about the sport. Look, Wisconsin was never going to go to a Rose Bowl ever, ever again. It was never going to win the Big Ten ever again, and then 1993 happened. Yep. So it's, and 1998 happened, and then 1999 happened. Like, it, I know that's 20-some-odd years ago now, and so I don't know if the, the college football landscape is exactly the same because Ohio State's just at a different level, and that's not going anywhere anytime soon. So it's going to be extremely difficult to reach that level. But it's been done before, and it can be done again. Heck, Northwestern did it two years after Wisconsin in 1995. This is not the death nail that you seem to think it is. Like, I don't really care about Northwestern. I don't think it's a death nail. I just don't like it as much. Because the Northwesterns of the world can't get to the Big Ten title game? Give me a break. Who cares? Like, the best teams should be playing in the Big Ten title game. I like uniformity. We've had this conversation. You don't like change. You hate change. I'm scared of change. Which means you would have hated when they went to divisions. Like, you would have hated this when they went to divisions in 2011. No, but I like the idea of divisions because I like when change. schools across the country. Now, this this bleeds into the, to the national title discussion because I love when schools across the country have something to play for aside from just winning a national title. Because I, aside from 10, 15 programs in the country, 
I no one is going to win national titles. So you need something else to play for, and the Big Ten West gives a school like Wisconsin that. No, the, the Big Ten title gives a school like Wisconsin that. And the Big Ten West gives them a better shot at it, which is why another reason why I like it. Anyway, all right. There you eight, go. Oh, hung up. 877-867-1670. We'll take your phone calls. Uh, so what's interesting here is we're talking about what the expectation should be, yet both of us, I think they win the Big Ten once in the next five years. You are a little more doubtful of it, but none of that is at the level of will they contend for national titles. Uh, I've heard it thrown out a lot. Bill was talking about it earlier. Uh, should we expect them or should we want them to go out and do more? And I have trouble with that um, because the way I look at it right now, and I don't mean to be pessimistic because I, I consider myself optimistic surrounding the program in general. But as soon as you start talking about national titles, I find it really, really hard to believe that they can ever get there. And I, I mean, they have, they've never gotten there, right? They have never won a national title in football. And it is not becoming easier for them. It's, but is it something that we as, we as followers, media, no or one should, fans should, we should need them to go out and achieve the greatness? You should always be hoping for your team to be the one that is standing at the end of the season with that trophy in hand. Bowl games. Not, that, not those trophies. <laughs> not those type of trophies. Duke's Mayo Bowl. You want them to be playing for a national championship. Now, is it realistic? Right now for Wisconsin? Probably not. Yeah. Um, but they've been right there at the cusp of the playoff and whether they can get over that hump to get to the playoff or, or I should say get to the point when you get there and then have to go and win it, that becomes just a different question. Yeah, there are steps to, to be taken before. I agree. All right, 877-867-1670. Let's go to line one. You're on the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? What's up, Ben? Hey, Pauly. What's going on, man? Hey, not much. So I got to ask you, I got a couple questions. One, do you really... Do you like that Wisconsin has to be in the weaker side that, as you, as you, as you put it, quote, unquote, have a chance to play for the title, the Big Ten title? Because that sounds kind of weak. Well, first but, of all, first of all, it is weaker, I think, in the national perception. It is really – when you look at it and, and the records over the last seven years, it is only weaker because Ohio State is unstoppable. The records between well, the two divisions are near even, and Ohio State's 18-2. and two. So when you take that away, the West has beaten the East more. I like Wisconsin having the path that is not Ohio State. It's not that they're in the weaker side team-wide, if you look at every team down the list. I like them not having to face Ohio State every year because then it would make their chances at winning the Big Ten minuscule as it does with Penn State and some of the other schools. Right. No, I get that, but it was your words. You were like, because it gives them a chance to, like, like there was some benefit to it other than. Yeah, because there's no Ohio State on their side of the draw. Right. Well, and the other thing was about the, are they getting, is it concrete that they're getting rid of the divisions? Cause I just saw last night that they said, all I saw, and this may be the SEC, that the, the champion or the two teams playing in the championship conference championship don't have to come from different divisions anymore. They've yeah. given them wiggle room to get around that. Yeah. That was an NCAA wide thing. If I'm not mistaken, uh, the Pac-12 has recently said that they will be doing uh, away with the divisions, and it is everybody's expectation that the Big Ten will as well. Because what it does is the divisions do hinder your ability to get more teams into the playoff, right? It, like if there's a great Michigan team, they can't make the Big Ten title because they play Ohio State and then lose, and then uh, a six and whatever Wisconsin team goes, 
then the Big Ten is losing out on money opportunities because they can't put two in the playoff. That's that's one of the big reasons for it. Well, when they initially started out, I don't know if you remember this, when it initially started out with the divisions, Michigan and, and Ohio State were in the opposite ones, I believe. They were. When it, it was, was the, the lead, when it was the when legends was, and leaders. Uh, they yeah, tried to yeah. make those as competitively, you know, uh, I should say they made them competitive, right? They, that was the idea behind making those divisions. It wasn't about geography. And then a couple of years later. Yeah. All right. Well, that answers it. I just wanted to check because I, I, I thought that was the case, but I didn't know they were still going to get rid of it. I mean, I guess it makes no sense to have divisions if you're going to do that anyways, but. No, I I, I really understand the anti-division argument. I myself selfishly just enjoy the uh, division existing, I guess. And part of that is they don't play Ohio State every year. Like, they're playing them this year. And, I mean, you can almost go and put a loss on the schedule. So, that is what it is. All right, I appreciate the phone call. Call I, Monday to Wednesday, myself and Nelson, 6 to 10, over the line. Call then. Uh, we will enjoy taking your call. All right, we're going to step away, take a quick break. More on this, more on what we should think about Wisconsin. Is a national title really ever realistic? We're talking about it next. It's it's Ben Kenny, Zach Halpern in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Uh, welcome back in Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny, Zach Halpern again in for Bill, taking you up to two o'clock. Uh, PGA Championship leaderboard, as we were talking about earlier, Justin Thomas, 67, three under, moves him to six under. He is in the clubhouse. He has the lead. Rory McIlroy about to tee off. He is at five under. You have a bunch of guys at four, Mito Pereira, Will Zalatoris, Tom Hoagie. Uh, Tiger dropping down a bit yesterday, uh, and then he is about to tee off today. Zach, it was posed to me, so we're talking about the expectations surrounding Wisconsin football and in the next five-year window, what we should expect the program to achieve. Someone said they need to win more big games, big football games. So I I throw it to you first. Do you believe this program has to win more big games nationally TV? Yes. It's not even about national TV. It's about beating the best teams in the big 10. What they do last year in their big games, like the best, the best teams, the best teams were Michigan, Penn state, Notre Dame. They lost all of them. They didn't show up, uh, I should say, one side of the ball did not show up in any of those games. Yeah. The offense. The offense did not show up in any of those games. So, yeah. what name? What's the last big win that they've had? Do you count 2019 at Minnesota? It's Minnesota, so no. But um, I think I might because of the stakes and because that was a really good Minnesota team. It was, look a, at the, it was a solid Minnesota team. Look at the NFL talent. They had beaten Penn State. It was a, it, for Minnesota standards, it was a really good Minnesota team. I guess I'll throw a shot in there, but I, I would call that kind of big. But yeah. LSU, aside from that, Miami in the Orange Bowl, 2017. Are we just going to, I mean, beating Michigan at home in 2019 is nothing. Oh, right? well, I forgot about that one. I, but th- that wasn't a great Michigan team by any stretch. It wasn't. But it was still Michigan. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, when the, the name teams, you're, you're supposed to be, well, like they you went beat in, those. The, the, what are the name teams that are in the Big Ten that people are going to be happy that you beat? Right, that are gonna they're gonna remember games. You're gonna remember games against Michigan. You're gonna remember games against Ohio State. You're gonna remember games against Penn State. Those are the three teams that are just up there, and that's just that's just what it is. Now, do games against Iowa and Minnesota mean a lot? Yes, absolutely. But you've beaten them consistently, so it's not it's it's against teams that you have not beaten consistently. And those other three teams are just ones you haven't. Now, Michigan, they kind of have. It's been kind of switched off 
here and there. But 2020, thanks- Wisconsin definitely got a good draw because that was a really poor Michigan team, and they destroyed them. Yes. In Michigan. Yeah. 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 2020 is just a. I mean, I don't even. It was know what weird. You, I don't even know what you do with 2020. Joe Milton was their starting quarterback. It's not even just the Michigan game. I don't even know what you do with 2020 in general because yeah. it started with Graham Mertz lighting the world up and then ending with him dropping the trophy and breaking the trophy. At, Which I mean, Duke's Mayo Bowl. Maybe I'm having a pessimistic week, but he made a lot of good throws in that Illinois game. They were wide open. They were so open. There yeah. were there were not defenders within ten yards of receivers at right. sometimes, and it's also winning big games. And the big biggest games are the Big Ten championship game. And you've you won the first two, and you've lost the last four times you've been there. And you've been in games where you've had leads and blown them. We talked about this last night, of course, but like twenty sixteen against Penn State, you had a huge lead. You had a two touchdown lead in twenty nineteen. You had a chance late in twenty seventeen. So like, I when I think big games, that's what I'm thinking. And I know bowl games matter, right? Beating Miami in the Orange Bowl matters. Beating, I guess, Western Michigan in the Cotton Bowl matters. Uh, but it's winning the games that people will talk about. And I don't think you're going to be hearing people talk about the Cotton Bowl or the Orange Bowl. Uh, if you had won a Rose Bowl, maybe it's a little bit different. But you've lost all a lot of big games that people would go on to remember for a long time. People still talk about Rose Bowls, as we did in the last segment, from 1993, like those those things stick with you, and they haven't been able to win those games. Yeah, that Oregon one in 2019 would have been a big one, definitely. I think it also, at, at least in some respects, has altered the national perception surrounding the team, and maybe rightfully so, that whenever they are on the marquee game, I, I mean, go back years, take away the Minnesota win, maybe the Michigan win in 2019, but they have lost a, a lot of those games. And when they played the best teams from other conferences, like the Miami Orange Bowl, that, that, that was a solid Miami team, but still that's not to the level of beating Oregon in a Rose Bowl, which they which they couldn't do. It, it has altered the national perception, and I agree. You look forward, I mean, they get Alabama coming up in 2024 at home the day before my birthday, so I'm like, that'll be a fun birthday weekend I guess maybe Saban's retired by then I'm holding out hope that this is his last year he goes out on top no I know it's not going to happen but what if maybe kind of like Jay Wright but not completely like Jay Wright maybe he's just worn down by the NIL stuff and he's He's too competitive what if uh, what if he gets in a physical altercation with Jimbo Fisher and the SEC (laughs) has to push him out that'd be amazing go out like Woody Hayes punch somebody and then that 2024 game gets easier. But 2025, they also get Alabama. This time they go to Tuscaloosa, which should be a fun trip. That is, I there are bucket list items of seeing those games in the South. Yeah. And Wisconsin playing them uh, definitely makes they it get, more enticing. And they've already got, I mean, they've already played Alabama. Yeah. They did in 2015. In a game that, you know, wasn't as big of a blowout, I think, as many people thought it might end up being. Now, I think Alabama kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. But Paul Chris' first game. It was. Yeah, so then looking forward, and I, this is the crazy thing about college football. People go crazy for NFL schedule release stuff, and some people on the other side, they're like, oh, this is so dumb. Wisconsin will play Utah at, at home in 2028. They will play UCLA away in 2029. Maybe I'll be alive at this point. They'll play UCLA at home in 2030. And then a Virginia Tech series that's been rescheduled as long as I've been alive. When were you born? N- 98. Okay, so it's been, that was probably right around the first time it was scheduled. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> they were first supposed to play that series in 2008. Yeah. 
which it's gotten pushed back five times. It's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I definitely think there is something to be said that they have to go win the big games and maybe, maybe you can put aside the achievements of winning the big 10 for a second and say that, okay, even if you're not going to go win a big 10 title, when you have these marquee games in conference, out of conference, you have to, Alabama's different, but you have to go win them. And this year, all those games happen to be on the road. Uh, if you do, you count Michigan State in that sentence. I don't I do. know if I do. Historically, yes. Historically, yes. Yeah. Now they have obviously fa- had fallen on hard times prior to last year, so we'll see. But yes, winning at Michigan State—it's a, a, a rarity. They obviously haven't been there since 2016. They haven't. Oh gosh, they haven't, they played Michigan State just uh, once at home since 2013. 2019 was what 32 to nothing. It was a blowout. Yeah. 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 That was that was the shutout stuff. All right, 877-867-1670. If you want to weigh in, we can get you in. I'm on Twitter, at Ben Z. Kenny. He is at Zach Heilprin. Bill again, back on Monday. So we're going to close out the show next. And uh, we had talked about the expectations surrounding the program, whether Wisconsin will win a big title, a Big Ten title. We're going to continue that and maybe look at this year to what the path could be because it's way too early it's may but this is what i do in may i i project forward i think what the fall is going to look like we're going to get into that next it is ben kenny zach heilprin in for bill michaels covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michaels show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Welcome back in. Wrapping up here, Ben Kenny, Zach Halpern in for Bill Michaels. 877-867-1670. We could fit you in before we get out of here at 2. Uh, what is to come this weekend in the state? You have the Brewers, obviously, going up against the Washington Nationals. Uh, are the Packers practicing yet? They are not. They will open up OTAs next week, and the media is going to be allowed in to see practice on the next two Tuesdays. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be there? He said he was going to be around. I don't know if that means OTAs. Uh, I would expect him at least one of these OTAs, maybe maybe two, and then obviously the mandatory mini camp, which takes place in early June. But yeah, yeah, I do expect him. I kind of wanted the Bucks. I, obviously, I wanted the Bucks to still be playing right now, but I kind of wanted them to be playing so that Rodgers could show up to a game and then not show up to OTAs and cause a stir. What's what I thought he did when he came right the first time. Like, how did he not come here and then go up to Green Bay and like take part like a day of offseason, the offseason training program? And in the, and in the end, he actually did do that. So yeah. uh, and went through workouts with the team and spent time with Gutekunst and talking over the, the future of the team and all that stuff. June first, which is next Wednesday, is Capital One's the match. I I assume you will not be watching. I'll be following along. Just on Twitter. See the Twitter videos of whatever yes. stupid stuff People, Roger says? P- yes, stupid stuff. That Ro- Ooh, hello. Ro- you don't, you're not a big fan of Aaron Rodgers? I I, I like him, but... I, oh, that, that, that's that's a lie. Yeah, I think the match is... I, I think they're going to tee him up for stuff, and I think his... I, I, I'm going to roll my eyes a lot at what he says. Okay. You don't, think he's, you don't think he's funny? Not really. Last match, and part of it was the Bryson DeChambeau effect. I think they were making fun of him. Like, it was just like, how do you... 
how do you deal with this guy? Bryson showed up to the first tee with duct tape trying to make a joke that Tom Brady's pants ripped last time. He's like, oh, here's some duct tape. Like, dude, what are you doing? Right. Come no, on. R- Rodgers knew he was playing with a dink. Yeah, uh, yeah. He knew he was playing with a dink. He, like, was, he was hitting some absolute darts, though. Rodgers? Rodgers was. Oh, yeah. The way that he came down the stretch, you wish he could do that in a playoff game. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the new match is Allen, Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady. That is next Wednesday. I will be tuning in because I'm a sucker for anything golf. And I do want to see. Uh, I, I love when Brady's out there because I think the filter kind of goes off and you see how uh, funny and, and how it easy, how easy it is to rip on him for his losses. Obviously, most successful, one of the most successful athletes ever, if not the. But you rip into him about the losses and it hurts. It hurts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They bring up Nick Foles and he won't talk about it. He like will not mention him. Why would you mention Nick Foles? Well, because he lost to him in a Super Bowl. So I, but no, because he's because it was Philadelphia. You couldn't give two craps about Nick Foles outside of that. He was good for about five weeks. That's true. Yeah. And in 2013, nine years ago, he was with Chip Kelly, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, which Packers rolled. Don't get me Pack- started on Chip Oof. Kelly. They came, they came to Lambeau, like just killing people. And the Packers ran them out of the stadium. Yeah. It was hilarious. Oh, I know. That was a joke of a football team. But speaking of Chip Kelly, he could, if he is still the coach at UCLA and how many He will not be the seven, coach. Seven, eight no, years. There's no chance, right? He could be visiting Madison. Bigger question is, is Paul Chris still the coach? Because if you looked at... Ooh. So Jesse's article went into that. Was asking... Jesse Temple's article from The Athletic was asking in, in their fan survey, how much longer is Paul Chris going to be coach? I have it. Uh, one to three seasons. One, uh, 19.7% said that. 46% said four to six seasons, 23.3% said seven to nine, and 10% said 10 or more. At this point, if, if gun to my head, I had to pick, I would say four to six. I would as well. It's unfortunate we, we agree, but I think that's kind of where I would think be thinking, but I could also be talked into the seven to 10. Yeah, because Wisconsin just doesn't fire coaches. That and I don't think he's ready to give it up either. Like right. even if he's successful, like unless they just fall apart, which I I don't envision happening. Like fall apart to the point where you've had multiple losing seasons. Like it would have to fall apart, like Mike McCarthy style fall apart, where you have multiple losing seasons and uh, you need you need a change. But I this is even more because he's a Wisconsin guy, like mm-hmm. through and through. Like there's just no there's there's no doubt about it. Not to mention his replacement is on the staff. His his replacement is Jim Leonard. I have. I'm 99.9% sure like that'll be the next guy. Yeah, which could be, and I don't want to go here, but it could, in theory, six years from now, be enticing that if something bad happens, they do know that if we make this decision, we have plan A and the only plan right there, and there isn't much that needs to be done. 877-867-167. Let's go to the phones before we get out of here. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? It's your buddy, Bruce. How y'all doing tonight? Hey, Bruce, what's going on, man? Man, I'm all right. I got a question. What's you up? See taking, okay, you guys are talking about the badges over here. What is it going to take for them to get a big-time coach? And some players that actually want to come play here. What is it going to take for a big-time coach? I mean, I it depends how you define big-time coach. I, I think any... I, I There won't be a hope of, I, what, a Jim Harbaugh? Like, that won't happen. They're, they're going to hire... No matter who is, how long Chris is there, 
They're going to hire a Wisconsin guy. It's most likely going to be Jim Leonard. After that, it's going to be another Wisconsin guy. That's just how they operate. In terms of players, I mean, 2021, we saw their best recruiting output ever. They got a lot of great players from that. They are now, for the most part, all the core of the team. They're not going to go and, and contend for the number one player in the country. I don't think that is ever going to happen. I will, I'll say this. Until they get a big-name coach and some big-time players that want to come, they're never going to win a championship. I'll leave you on that below for the weekend. Y'all have a good weekend. I'll take your uh, last comment off the uh, radio. Gotcha. Appreciate the phone call, Bruce. Uh, it says Wisconsin will not win a national title until they get big-time players. And it, it's true, 100%. I agree. I had mentioned this a couple times on this show, I believe, definitely on our show, Zach, but the blue chip ratio, it is something that was coined by uh, Bud Elliott, who works for 24-7 Sports, that the teams that have at least 50% of their recruiting classes, four- and five-star recruits, are the only ones that have a chance at a national title. And if you look throughout history, that has been the case. If you recruit at that level, are you guaranteed that? No. But if you don't recruit at that level... Are you able to rise up and compete for a national title? The answer is no to that. So right now, Wisconsin's best recruiting output ever, 2019 or 2021, excuse me, 28%. Six out of 21 were four and five stars. So unless they're somehow able to get 15 of a 20-person class, I guess, they won't be able to go and rise to that level. And that level is Alabama's 84%, Georgia 80 Ohio State 79 the other Big Ten teams in there, Michigan's at 58%, Penn State's at 56 and that's really it. The rest are all the powers you would always think. And, like, you look at USC on this list, you look at Florida, who have both been down. Like, yeah, they get the talent. They also just haven't been well coached. The development hasn't been great, so they haven't gone and competed for the national title. But they have the chance to because the talent's in the building. Uh, Wisconsin just is not at that level. So what's the point of watching college football, then? Because I love, and and this is something that I've talked about a lot, same with basketball. I love the journey of college sports. It's different than the NFL, where going into the year, you want your team to win the Super Bowl. And anything less is, understandably, from the Packers' perspective, a disappointment. In college football, I know Wisconsin won't win a national title, but I love the journey that the season brings. I love them. I I mean, you obviously play regional games. The fan bases are close. There's a lot that goes into college football Saturdays. And then, like we saw last year, you can start 0-3 or 1-3 or and, and then come back, salvage the season, have a chance to win the Big Ten West. I like the, the ebbs and flows of college sports and the journey of that. Like, if you looked at Wisconsin basketball season this past year, you could say, oh, it's a disappointment because they didn't win in the Big Ten tournament and they lost in the second round in the NCAA. But to that, I would say, but the regular season, the journey of the regular season was one of the most fun times I've had watching Wisconsin basketball. They obviously win the regular season title. Like that's what college sports is. I, I took a lot of joy watching them play. It wasn't only about the fact that they lost in March. I know you're, we're up against it, but like when you look at football and you look at basketball, your legacy is made in March. Whatever, for the most part, people do not pay attention to college basketball until March. That's true. So, like, what you do in March means so much more than what you do the rest of the season. To most people, football, is it that same way? Is it what you do in January that matters? I don't think it is as much anymore. I don't, I, say, I don't think it is. 
I agree. And part of that is you're playing on a, every Saturday instead of college basketball is mixed in with the NFL. It's in the middle of the week. It's on a Tuesday for college football. Like that's for people in this state. That is an event, right? Like, like they get up for it's a, a Badger Saturday. It's a party. It's, it's the football doesn't mean as much. The party means a lot. That's true. But those weekends are very important to the fabric. Yes. And so everything that goes along with those weekends, like, yeah, even if you're playing Iowa, like, like that's still an important weekend. And even if they go and they lose in the Big Ten title, I, I am extremely disappointed. But I still take more joy, I say, in the regular season than I do am sad about the postseason. And the NFL, I can't really say that. So, yeah, that's what it is. All right, that'll do it for us. Thanks for sticking around. Bill, obviously, will be back on Monday. Talk about the Brewers weekend. Talk about the PGA Championship. Whatever else pops up. It's been a pleasure. See ya. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.